Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The people that go look for trouble, they're silent, right? They're looking for people. They know who they are. They know they're going to have a good old ruck with it. And they say, so what's the harm in it? They want to beat each other up. They suck them, It's a symbol. Police now recognise they've been containing the problem, not beating it. I'll be assessing their new strategy, which involves targeting the so-called generals who mastermind the worst acts of violence. Tonight, Public Eye examines the latest police initiative to beat the hooligan and asks, with the World Cup only four months away, can it provide a cure for the English disease? Hello and welcome to another No Holds Barred. Today I'm joined on the line by Josh Connolly. How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good, thanks, mate. Uh, Josh, for those that probably have already listened, we, we did a podcast together about, I want to say about eight months ago, nine months ago now, and we talked about lots of things in that podcast, but some of it was about your days on the terraces as a, as a, was a football hooligan the right thing to call you back in the day? Yeah, I, I guess so. Look, I, I sort of cringe when when you say it, it, it <laughs> as the man that I am now. But yeah, I, I, I guess that was the term. Yeah, yeah. What? How did you refer to yourself? Uh, <laughs> back then, we would. I would just say I was a lad. Yeah. So you talked in terms of being a lad and how many lads everyone else had. So, so yeah, yeah. We talked in terms of lads, but but you know. There's lots of different terminology, I think, depending on where you're from. What? How would you describe the, a group of men who constitute a firm or a group of lads? What? 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 What was your typical guy? What, what would they be? Well, in terms of like personality traits, are you asking me here? I think yeah, we could start with that. Yeah. It, it, honestly, it was like really. It was really varied. You you had blokes that were running businesses, that worked in offices, that were coming out. You had uh, what would I guess be more stereotypical, like off of the building site, um, really working class kind of kind of guys. But but it wasn't. It I would say it was probably more predominantly your working class type, but certainly not certainly not restricted to and. You know, you had like your young lads, and then you had older lads as well. And within Swindon, where where we were, we we had like the the Swindon youth, and then you had like 
the the well they called them the saga lads you had like the saga lads which were the blokes that had been doing it for years and years and years and then you just had sort of i guess like the middle section which is like kind of what i fell into i suppose so uh, what's a saga lad what does that mean so you know a saga tour is a saga holiday is for old people isn't it right i say right. old people right. people over the age of i think it's like 65 or it might be 55 so the, the, the older lads that have been doing it since the 80s were, could call themselves the saga lads in swindon <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> and then in the youth lot would have been what age uh, you, like teenagers, mid you know, mid to late teens, ran by, at the time, they were ran by a lad who was probably in his early 20s. So there would be a group of young lads, and then it would be by, led by one person who's slightly older, and they, would they be the most, most active? Or would it be... Or yeah, it they, they would be, but what you have to, like, you have to understand that um, so much of it was sort of bravado and you know the way in which we spoke about it um you you had these massive groups of people but the actual groups that were really going out and fighting yeah and really looking to fight were, were small handfuls of groups so you had lots of people that were would turn up and were doing lots of shouting and would just be rowdy at football and then you had your, you know, w- within each of those groups, there was your small handful of lads that were, you know, game really game. Yeah, game is what we said. Game is fuck. Yeah, that's how that's how we used to talk about it. Uh, so, like when you looked at the youth lads, there were there were some lads within that youth, the, the the youth lot that were really more moving about with some of the older lads who were uh, more game, but. But it, you know, I've broke it down into those three categories. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really notice or see those categories if that make, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not like there's one side of the pub where the youth lot are sitting, and then one side of the pub where the old blokes are sitting, and 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 it's clearly divided. It was one big group. Exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so you said, you know, you mentioned about there'd be some kids that are game and they they wanted the ruck and that's what they're up for. And, and based on the stuff you've told me, that that would have been you, right? Yeah, yeah. And look, uh, and let, let's have, add a caveat here because I know sometimes you feel uncomfortable about this. I get very uncomfortable. I know, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm asking you the questions, right? And I know yeah. I'm not asking, this isn't about you um, talking up football hooliganism at all, right? But the people yeah. that are listening are, are, are interested and I'm interested. And yeah. that isn't what you are now. And we know that you've gone on to do much more wholesome things and, and, and you're not smashing people's faces in anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but in, order to, in order to get to that point, we, I, I do, and just for the entertainment's sake, we need to understand what you was back then and what was Good. going on around you. Good, right, okay. I feel much more comfortable now you've done Good. that, right? Good. Because, <laughs> because I, I always get worried that I'm like glamorizing it or talk, so I'll just talk very straight in, in you know, in, in the way that I would reflect on it. Absolutely. So back then, yeah, I considered myself game. I considered myself game as fuck and I considered myself well up for it. Um, and I was well up for it. I mean, I was I was genuinely looking f- for, for violence or football, yeah. Uh, that's why I, that's not solely where I was going because I'm an absolute lover of football as well but in in those moments I wanted a fight and if I came away without one I was frustrated did you find that if you did that you would you would look for it elsewhere like on in on nights out would it if you didn't get that release at football that that, that would spill over into a more social setting 
Yeah, 100%. So you would go out of that evening and you would be so charged up because particularly on away days, yeah? So you, if you're meeting early in the morning and you're getting ready, you know, you're psyching yourself up, yeah? So you're, you're, that energy's building up. You're talking about how many lads they, they're going to have, where it's going to be, what's going to happen. And you're getting proper, proper buzzed up for it. And then if that, if there's no way of releasing that, then you would go off into the night. You're 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 really charged up and, and looking for it then. So uh, trouble would often spill into the night, and it would be nothing to do with football then. Um, were some of the lads that were were more sort of jumping up and down, making a bit of a fuss, but less active? Was that clear to the people in the group that some of you, that you were not, I don't know, proper or, you know. What what was it clear who was really up for it and who wasn't and and how how was how did you identify that and what what conversations were had around that sort of idea? Well, again, see, there's so many different kinds of facets of, of of what this comes into. Yeah, you've got like your your bravado. So there would be some people that would be seen as being gamers, but it was more to do with who they knew and what they were knocking about with, and there was so much like overhype spoke about it and i did it myself yeah i would be at a game during the day and it you know you might have like shouting at each other across a police uh cornered off bit you know what i mean and there's there's actually been no physical violence but you've been shouting at each other and i would be back in the pub that night talking about how it went off yeah and saying they had 60 lads and we had 50 and we you know it went off and all that kind of stuff so you you had your groups of people that were spoke about as being game and it's difficult for me to kind of remember when I was in it who I really really thought was game and who I didn't think was game uh I was so driven by by wanting to be accepted by a sort of the top hierarchy within that I was I was caught right up in that but I did have the blokes that I was scared of that I thought I wouldn't want to getting bothered with yeah and i guess that would have always been born out of what i'd seen them doing you know so when you when you say that you mean other people in the top the top rankings of your the swindon firm or you mean other lads from other firms no 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 in within the swindon firm yeah yeah within the swindon firm so i had the blokes who i thought yeah they're they're andy and i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to upset yeah um and then you know you had your very obvious people that were sort of there and you obviously knew they wouldn't do anything. Um, but when push comes to shove, I'll be honest with you, you're talking handfuls of people that would actually really, really get involved in a proper fight. How many How many people were a part of it, would you say? Again, it's one of those things where, like when we played Gillingham, for example, we, we hated, like there's a massive thing with Gillingham uh, dates back years and years. I think somebody was that something went off in the tunnel apparently in the early years. See, and I, I hated Gillingham, right? And you can hear me now. I can't even really tell you where it stems from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but 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 I hated them like everyone else. When we played Gillingham, then you would hear things being said along the lines of "There's loads of saga lot coming out today," yeah, because they wouldn't be there every week doing you know going to like Crawley away on a Tuesday night. But when it was when it was Gillingham. You'd go up to like 100, 120 lads there calling themselves lads. Yeah. But then when you go away to Crawley on a Tuesday night, it could be as little as 15, 20. 
Yeah. So uh, it, it all depends on on the nature of the game, really, and who, and who you're playing. Um, what? So you go away to Crawley. Yeah. I can't imagine Crawley have a a, a big firm. Like, yeah, yeah. Is it? Is there? Would you be looking to get involved on every away day if there was that option there? So this is uh, 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 the best way to describe this is I'll talk to you about how you would talk about it on a Monday, right? So say, or, or say that was a Tuesday night. Uh, say I didn't go, right? This would be the best way to describe it to you. Say I didn't go to tru- Crawley away on a Tuesday night and I spoke to one of the lads that went on a Wednesday. And I say to him, I see, I see it was a draw or whatever, or I see we beat Crawley. So yeah, my first question would be, did we put on a show, right? So I'd be like, did we put on a show? And that's like, then this is when it becomes really silly because then you're talking about, did we smash something up? Did we let Crawley know that we're there, even yeah. if they haven't got it? They, they, they've got no lads whatsoever. There's nobody to fight. So you're literally like, put on a show, yeah? And, and that was the way that, uh, you know, I used to think and I always used to talk from Swindon through to England, you know, whenever England went away and you'd see on the news that something could got smashed up, I would be like, good to see we've put on a show. That was my narrative in my head. Mm. That, 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 that kind of answers your question in the best way, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Did, did you ever go away with England? I, I never went away with England because I, I was in Cape. You know, it was hard enough for me to go away with Swindon, but yeah. to actually be able to book something and actually go away with England, no, I never did it. I've done it. I've done it in uh, my uh, current life. I went to the, to the Euros in France, um, but but no, not 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 in that mindset. I never went away with England. When you say you wasn't able to, what do you mean? I just couldn't. I could barely look after myself. So to get the funds together to be able to afford to go away with England. I just didn't have it in the, I didn't have that in the locker in terms of like financially and all everything else that come with it. Yeah. On, on Swindon turn up for a coach on a Saturday morning and, you know, bung 20 quid down. I used to often go without a ticket for the game. So you, you could do it with little or no money. When you start going away with England, it costs a lot of money. Of course. Yeah. And, and I wonder what your mindset would be then, because it would, it's like England away have a reputation uh, more so yeah. than, than than any national team, really, I mean, any club team, rather than apart from maybe Millwall, West Ham, that kind of stuff. But it's England away, and inevitably hooligans, hooliganism follows. It's probably much better than it is, and probably more well behaved than the press would have you believe. But as a young man who's well well into it, that um, you know, going along and feeling like you're representing your country now may have added an extra element of hypedness. Yeah, and it was all you know. It was it, people would talk about it a lot. Because you're talking about lads who would fight each other one week and then would come together under the the banner of England the next week, right? And would go away with England. And England fans, in that sense, are always seen as as being the pinnacle. So you look at the France in the Euros four years ago now, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, four years ago. The the, the Russian firms that were starting, you know, and and the firms that were being built there, it was all, it's all, we want England. We want to turn over England, yeah? And, uh, you know, even then, because I went over there to France, but even then my mindset is still a little bit like, don't believe the press, England would have run Russia racket, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff, yeah? It's, it's still in my head. Yeah, because you're, that's that a mass, massive part of your your life. And you're, mm. you were, because of the turmoil, that we're not going to talk about in this po- podcast, but the turmoil of your youth, and we've talked mm. about it a little bit before. And if you want to know more about that, actually go and listen to 
Josh's pods on um, the dog days because both I think you've gone three now, maybe more. No, it's up somewhere near six, I think. All right, yeah, the like, first yeah. the first two are especially interesting because they're, they're the ones I've listened to, and <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I I know the contents of them. So yeah, if you want to find out more about Josh's upbringing, which kind of leads it into getting involved in something like football violence and and mm. i guess your formative years happened later than than someone who if you, if your child comes from a very happy and loving and caring home you get to form in 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 the proper way right the way your kids are now but in, yeah. coming through such a, a difficult upbringing that you did finding that sense of family later in life that you did with through the football would mm. you know would, 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 that would be understandable what did you um what did, what did that mean to you in terms of family and your connection to the other blokes in 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 the firm? Is that a real thing? Did you feel like you belonged to something greater than yourself? Well, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, look, like what I was getting, what I was getting from it um, was way more than just a fight. So the the, the anger and the, the the emotional energy that I released was a huge thing for me. Being the man that I am today, I know that was a lot of repressed emotion that I wasn't able to experience that could just fire out me. So I got all of that. But also, I got community, right? I got to feel like I was part of something, like you say, something bigger than myself. I had this sense that, this real band of brother sense that there were people that were there for me and I was there for them. It gave me purpose. You know, in the work that I do today, so much of what I was what I kind of teach and promote now, purpose, a sense of belonging, community, all of those things, I was getting a false a false sense of that. And actually false is probably too strong a word because to some degree it wasn't false, but I was getting a sense of all of that from what I got from what I got through football, you know? Mm. And it was it was my it was my everything. I thought about it all week. I looked forward to the weekends. Monday to Friday were more manageable because I knew on Saturday it was football, and yeah. and, and it, yeah, and so in that sense, it it bled into every single part of my life. You hear that, don't you, Josh? The people talk about that. The, almost the the cliche thing is working nine to five for the weekend. Um, yeah. In in what what was you doing for work at the time? I was working in a factory, so I right. worked as a yeah yeah. I worked in a manufacturing. Right, manufacturing so company. I can imagine. I, I, I don't know, and I'm, I'm assuming here, but it, it wasn't the most inspiring work. It didn't do much for you in, no. in terms of your self esteem. It was just get it done. Get it done exactly. Get, yeah. get yeah. money, and so you've got this 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 thing at the end of the week that you can you can focus on while you while you're getting through the nine mm. to five on on Monday to Friday, and then not only that, there's the added element of of, of, of actual genuine relationships because, like when you said it was. What did you say? Was it, did you say fake? I can't remember the, the, the word. You I used. said I used the word false. False, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, which but, I don't think is fair. I don't think that's... no, it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. it's not fair at all. Because, uh, and actually, I think the, the saying the false part of it is that part of me that still feels like I don't want to be digging it up too much, right? Because there were there were um, people within that body of people within that organization whatever you want to call it that really would have looked out for me and did look out for me listen i was messing my life up left right and center and i was sleeping on people's sofas that i went to football with do you know what i mean and they they, they would they would look after me often in a, in a in a in a dysfunctional way but it would be the best that they knew how right what, so, what does that mean but what would they would, they would give you a bed to sleep in 
Yeah, or sleep on their sofa. Do you know what I mean? They would uh, they would be there to listen to me if I got drunk and needed to pour out all of my all of my you know internal world. I was you know I was able to do it with those guys. You know, in like I say, not not in a way that would serve me through what I know now. But back then, it was it was huge for me. Yeah, it was huge for me to feel part of something. Yeah. Uh, what uh, were there any p- relationships in particular that you you remember? Like, w- was there anybody in there that you became particularly close with that you would really respect or or want to pl- um, want to impress? Or yeah, yeah, the main so the main the main guy in the main guy in it. Um, he, you know, I looked at him like a father figure. I wanted to impress him all of the time. Um, you know, any you know anything that I did, I, I would look to him to. Um, to see if I, you know, was getting his approval. I wanted to be like him. Uh, everything, mate. Everything about him. Yeah, yeah. That you know. Look, and there's no, it's no coincidence that it was a lack of a father figure in my life that was, you know, that he was replacing. Yeah. How long did you know him? So he would have known of me um, for a lot of my life because I think this was another thing. He knew my dad. So my right. dad who died uh, when I was, when I was a young kid, he had known my dad. My dad used to run about a little bit with the firm um, back in the day, but was very much just a big drinker. But like he was very, you know, he's widely loved as being a bit of a character. And, you know, I used to love it when, when this the guy that I was close with used to talk about how I was like my dad and he's, you know, he used to say your dad would be proud of you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there was so many, you know, there was so many deep and meaningful kind of things that came out of being involved in it in the way that I was. Yeah, because you know, you know, from from an outside perspective, and, and when we did our previous podcast, I said that we were going to talk to you, um, I remember getting some messages back through twitter saying why are you talking to this person what you know you're going to be glorifying the hooliganism and they do terrible things and you know they're violent and they're thugs um but the reality is i mean so part of that is true that you know there are there is some violence um and there is people getting hurt you've been hurt before and um mm-hmm. and uh you know and sometimes you know the general public do get caught up in it probably you know less so at football but but more so as you said, as it, as the energy needs to be released on a night out, then general people can end up in rucks with mm. with someone who's willing to get in it. You know, the vast majority of people aren't willing or or, or would rather swerve a physical confrontation. Mm. And then if you're meeting someone who is, as you say, game for it, then that's quite a dangerous thing. But the the fact is is that all no one no one's it gets involved in football violence if there isn't something else there other than just punching people's faces in yeah there are reasons for this and one part of it um you you know again we won't go into it in massive detail but you was in in quite a self-destructive place back then weren't Mm. you through both through drink and drugs and 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 having this 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 activity at the weekend but part of it was you know like you said like you're getting a wholesome what seemed like a wholesome uh, relationship that had formed yeah. that, you, that was giving you things you needed in order to stay sane because you'd have probably gone crazier without it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And what you've kind of described there in, in a really good way is like you can you can have compassion for people as well as kind of reprimand their actions. So like what we were doing and what I was doing was not right. Okay. Like 
our presence at games would have made, you know, somebody like who I am in my life today, who wants to go to football with my, my young kids, we may have made them feel uneasy and scared and all of those things. And all of those things are wrong and they're not good, right? But, but that doesn't necessarily mean that anybody that partakes in the activities that we were are just straight up bad people. Yeah. Um, there's lots of, there were bad people, don't get me wrong, right? There were, there were bad people, but there's bad people involved in any kind of body or organization of people, it's right? Bad people. There's They're just everywhere. bad people. They're everywhere, yeah. So, so, so there was, of course, bad people, but there were also lots of good people um, just doing bad things. And if you scratch the surface and start to dig into the whys and, and the hows and all that kind of stuff, you'd start to unearth, you know, um, s- some stories that, that would not make it make sense, but help us to understand how it, how somebody could reach that place. Yeah, that, that thing, as I've got older, the, the asking the question why has become the most important thing to me. It's the yeah. forefront of everything. Like my dad screams at the news, right? Mm. And he he thinks that, that, that there is a problem with... Um, there's a there's a problem with extremist Muslims in our country. He's not he's not Tommy Robinson or anything like that, right? But mm. he thinks that there is an issue because of all the media that he's he's absorbed. And like as Dad said, you're an idiot, like you know the X, Y, and Z. But there's a reason why. No one's born that way. No one is born um, vo- voting for Tommy Robinson or, or or getting behind him. No one's born loving mm. you know the the. the, the the socialist nationalist movements in Europe in yeah. in, in the 30s, but the indoctrination and, and, and the sum of the, the events that happened to you, certainly in your, your younger years, form who you are. And almost yeah. everybody has, everybody's, I think almost everybody's faultless in mm. in, in, end, in ended up how, how, they, how they are and yeah. believing what they do. And if you understand why, then you're in a much better position. You're less angry. I'm less angry than I used to be. I'm much less angry than I used to be because I'm asking why people are the way they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's compassion. You start to get compassion for these people then because you start to realise that that's like you just said, that's born from somewhere. Yeah. That's not, he's not just a bad person. His life experiences have led him to this, to this place, right? And that was the same for so many of us, you know, in the, in the football scene. There was a kid I used to work with uh, at the charity I used to work with and he was... 13 and i've got to say he was probably one of the most unpleasant people i've ever met in my entire life yeah to this day i'm 38 and i think i would rather spend spend my time with anybody other than this kid Mm. and um we had to ask him to leave the office actually because he he was horrendous and he had a social worker with him and i spoke to the social worker and the list of things that happened to this kid in order for him to, to behave in this way in, in, in an office environment, you're like, I'm, I'm not surprised he's dead, let alone being mouthy and horrible to, to me. Yeah. There's a reason for everything. Anyway, yeah. we're getting sidetracked here. Uh, Josh, um, how big a, a thing is uh, drugs in the fo- football hooligan industry, yeah, um, sector of society, if you like? Well, it's just a massive part of it. Massive part of it. I don't know, I, I don't know anyone involved in it in the way that we were that was not doing it and when was it we were talking about gear uh yeah coke mainly yeah coke was the was the was the was the main drug of choice because that's the best one to, that would be the best one to take to get you charged up to have a fight right um so that was everywhere Ev- literally everywhere 
Um, and and so and everyone was on it. And I used to I used to sort of deal in it as well when we would go away. I would that that was often how I would have my money for the weekend. I would take a load of that um, to make my money to be able to get through the weekend. Would it be that people would run out their own supply and then you'd you'd give it to them? Yeah, or or it would be Josh has got some, and then I would you know sell it all out when we went you know when we went away. I'll tell you one story. Uh, we went. We it was Fulham away. We had Fulham in the in the FA Cup, right? So it was Great it, it would have been it would have been the third round or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Craven Cottage. We'd gone up to Fulham, um, and outside the Pride of Paddington was uh, there was loads of Swindon Swindon police there because obviously the Swindon Old Bill would like travel up there as well as part of the intelligence and all of that. And I bought some cocaine on the way there. Uh, I wasn't selling at the time, but I bought a bag of it and I hadn't done any. And I was stood outside the Pride of Paddington in, in London, and they came. The police came over to me and was like, "Josh, um, Swindon intelligence, you're not." Like a really so, bad one. Sorry, Josh, I just, you just cut out there. You, um, could you start again from when you say the police came up to you, Swindon Intelligence? Yeah, so the police, Swindon Intelligence, came up to me, and because I was known to them, they uh, they asked to do a frisk search, yeah? yeah? And when they searched me, they found a bag of drugs on me, a bag of coke. Now, I hadn't done any of it yet. They took me to Paddington Station, which is known to be like one of the really bad stations in Paddington, and they were like, look, we're going to drug test you and won't we, they do like a swab of your mouth and stuff. And they were like, when you, uh, when it comes back, we won't be able to let you out for 24 hours. And I was like, look, this was like 10 o'clock in the morning. I was like, it's full them away. You've got to let me go. I haven't taken any. So if I'm clear of taking any, what are you going to do? And they were like, well, if you haven't got any in your system, you might, we might be able to let you go. Right. Uh, so they did this swab. They took my, the, obviously the bag of drugs away and it was, I, I'd bought like a gram. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what would happen. Yeah, so I don't know what would happen to you nowadays. But anyway, they 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 came up to me about quarter past two, right? Uh, this It was an Asian fella, Asian policeman. He'd been really good to me the whole day that they'd kept me in the cell. He said, uh, you, you, you're swabbing your mouth, come back, you're clear for drugs. And he was like, and we can't even, <laughs> we can't even keep you in because that bag of cocaine you've got is less than 5% Fuck. drugs. Yeah, he's like, that's less than 5%, so it's not even enough to charge you. So he was like, you're free to go. And he said, I've printed out how to get to Craven Cottage from here. Oh, bless you. And he he'd printed out Google Maps for me. And I remember I walked into, I don't know the pub, but it was just around the corner from Craven Cottage. Mm. And I remember walking in and obviously no one was expected to see me. And the place just erupted, beer, it was okay, brilliant. That's amazing. It, it, it was so good. And then, and then uh, uh, Johnson, you remember the bold, what's his name, Johnson? He yeah. missed the penalty, missed the penalty in front of us. And, uh, yeah, go we, through. They, no, they beat us. They beat us like 1-0 or 2. I can't remember the score. All I remember is he missed a penalty in front of us, so it gave us something to cheer about. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, what, like, uh, was that typical that this, the standard of, of the cocaine would be that poor? I mean, yeah. You, look, you used to talk about that. I, I, I probably, because you want it so badly, right, you, you, you don't want to admit to yourself when it's... Shit. Not very good. Of course. I mean, you'd get hyped up if it was good, right? But but you didn't never want to admit to yourself that you'd just spent fifty quid on something that was crap. So, but but I'd imagine that was going down all of the time. I mean, when I first started getting involved in drugs, when I was like selling them, when I was like fourteen, fifteen, I used to get um, like 
an ounce of, of cocaine and mix it with an ounce of creatine, which is just like a white powder they use in the gyms for building muscle. So mm. I was diluting it by 50% myself. So everyone that's selling it's doing that yeah. to make extra money. So, of course. Yeah. What, what, um, who, who was, apart from Gillingham, like who, who was a, a ground that you'd be especially excited to go to because you thought it's, it could come on top here? So uh, Oxford were our main main ones. Oxford and Bristol, uh, when we Bristol Rovers uh, particularly, but Bristol City as well. Gillingham. Um, we always had a good time going up north. We used to love going up to anywhere that was near Blackpool, um, but that was more for that was more for the weekend away yeah. th- than anything else. So. Um, yeah, Gillingham's the one. Gillingham's the one I'll never get. You know, I never forget. That's my go-to one thinking. But then, anytime you went to London, there was always the opportunity that you might bump into Millwall, uh, and you know, and, and and what you would do is you would go to a London game, and then someone would get hold of someone from Millwall, and you would hear that Millwall are going to be back in London by like six, and you would kick about and knock about and really? see if something could. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, somewhat yeah, sit around at Euston Station or. Paddington or... Well, you'd be in a pub. You'd, you'd find a pub and you'd all set up and you'd all be there waiting to see, yeah, didn't someone it, would say they're coming back. Didn't it happen at the Pride of Paddington? With Millwall? Yeah. Yeah, that was the worst. That's probably the worst one that I ever had. I, I, I don't remember who we were playing, but it wasn't Millwall. But it went it went off in the, in, in the Pride of Paddington with Millwall, yeah, and the place got really smashed up. And that was... That was one of the only times where I saw a real prolonged fight. Really? Where, yeah, where people were getting, you know, hit round the head with chairs. And it went on for a good few minutes, which is a, which is a long time. For a fucking long um, time, yeah. Yeah, and there was, a lot of, there was a lot of dawn raids on the Monday uh, as a result of that, that one. Yeah. Um, it's weird because I, I, I often, obviously, because I'm coming out, coming out to the West Country now, because we don't live far from each other. But um, I always, I sometimes stop if I'm if I'm early for my train for a pint in the Pride of Panet, and I always think about that story because it's quite a nice little pub actually. It is nice, <laughs> yeah. Every time I walk past there with work now, I think of it every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talked about the Dawn Raids. Did you, have you? Was you ever nicked? I was never. Uh, do you know what? I never ever got done in the morning. Never got done in the morning. Uh, is that especially bad if it happens in the morning? Yeah, well, that's what they used to do. So they would film you all day. And then if they if you ever got caught on camera fighting, then they would raid your house in the morning, just come in and arrest you early in the morning. There were there were loads of times when I'd be at work and you'd start getting a text, so and so's just been done, so and so's been done. And you start thinking, shit, you're at work and that you're thinking, you know, I had kids and everything. I was thinking, you know, because I used to start work at like five in the morning and stuff sometimes. So I'd be thinking they're gonna go and do my house and I ain't there, or are they gonna turn up at my work? Yeah. Either of those, probably, but you know, you know, you always you always got away with it. Yeah, I do, look, there's no there's no special story to tell you of how and why that happens. I would like to be it up as I was clever or anything like that, but I was just lucky. I don't know how that happened. Did did any of the people that you would go to prison? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew a couple of lads that went to prison. Yeah, yeah. What was the name of the firm? We were just like. There, there were different names over the years, and we just had the Swindon youth, and then we just had us. We we, we were just Swindon lads. So you didn't you weren't you weren't like you didn't have like ICF no, or the uh, Army it, or no. There used to be uh, there used to be a name, the Swindon Sass. Yeah, but but um, 
but we we never took it on or it was certainly we didn't talk about ourselves when i was in it as a swindon sass but i know that like lads did used to talk about the swindon sass but maybe i think people outside of it who were interested probably called us that yeah yeah definitely um and like do you in, in any weird way miss it do you miss any of it at all is there any parts of it you 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 remember and think i'd love to experience that again not necessarily smashing someone's head in but you know is there you know what what, what, what how do you feel about it now are you just embarrassed by it or, or what i'm embarrassed but I'm, of course look, i'm embarrassed by it but i'm probably also embarrassed by the fact that i miss it <laughs> like yeah. uh I, like i miss everything that came with it right i know it's wrong and i know that I shouldn't do it. But in the same way anybody misses being sort of 19, 20 and going out and doing all the things that you used to do when you were young, that was my, that was my life then. And, and I do, I do miss it. And, 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 and it's, you know, it's, it's still in me. You know, if I meet somebody and, you know, they turn, they turn up to be an Oxford fan, this, I still feel that prang in me of thinking, you're gonna to have to prove yourself to me because you're awesome. Yeah, I do. It's still there. It's still there. Like I, could, you know, I go to football with my father-in-law now. So, but but I still like to try and get caught on the peripherals of it, to be on the edge of it, to see it, to experience it. Yeah. Uh, Is it still? Can you can you spot it in the stadium now? You can see where the are, are they are, are there still active lads? Can you and do you know who they are? And do you, when you're when you're in the stadium, are you can you know can you see by looking at them? Who, who's who? Yeah, well, uh, in Swindon, if I went to a Swindon game, absolutely, I'd sort of know. I would, I would know what I'm looking for. Lower leagues, definitely. Yeah. Uh, probably, I, I probably wouldn't if I went. I went to Premier League games. I've been to a few Premier League games. Obviously, um, I wouldn't spot it there. But when you go down to the lower leagues, I think it's well easy to spot. Yeah. How, uh, like, I. How, how old are you, Josh? I'm thirty. I'm nearly thirty-three. Oh, right. Because I remember when Swindon was in the Premier League, you would have been very young then. I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, all right. I was just wondering if you ever came to Tottenham. And if if you hadn't come to Tottenham, how badly did Swindon get turned over? (laughs) (laughs) See, I'll be honest with you. Even as you say that, there's a part of me that still wants to just be like, just you need to let him know that what he's just said is Yeah, he's not acceptable. (laughs) It's not acceptable. Yeah, Yeah, there is, honestly. I know, that, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's still in me. It's still in me. <laughs> let it go, Josh. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been this has been great. Really interesting, Josh. I think I'm going to leave it there. Just I've just had a little look on Wikipedia, and Swindon, well, like you said, Swindon Active Service, the SAS, and mm-hmm. apparently the Agro Boys. Okay, I never, I never heard of the Agro Boys. Sounds. It would, it would have summed us up quite nicely. But. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, Josh. Well, thank you, mate. Enjoy the rest of your day, and um, we're going to talk again maybe next week if you're free about yep. some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you, Josh. Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.